When I think of humility, I think of it as a perspective, as an attitude, as a way of looking at life. It means that your worldview is not centered around your own ego. Shutting down your own voice and your own ability to create and to express yourself is not a way of being humble. In fact, it's the opposite. It's very painful, but that pain makes it powerful. It Mm -hmm. teaches you that you can get through that. You can be humiliated and walk out on stage naked Mm -hmm. and (laughs) something Mm -hmm. like that. And the next day you get up and live your life. If you will go through it, then you're going to have a new perspective on what actually took place and come out different than you were before. Go deeper, find your center, live life to the fullest. This is the Deeper Connections podcast from The Daily Motivator. Welcome to the Deeper Connections podcast from The Daily Motivator, sponsored by Connections University, where you'll find the Experience Excellence audio program, a resource for encouragement, inspiration, and mastery of life's everyday challenges. Visit deeperconnectionspodcast.com and download Experience Excellence today. My mother grew up in the Mississippi Delta, and that is a very flat part of the country. And for her, seeing the world meant going to places that were different than when she, where she grew up. And that meant a lot of times going to the mountains. And she loved going to the mountains. And I remember as a child, our family took a lot of vacation trips to the mountains. And on those occasions, my mother would say something that when I was a child, I really didn't quite understand. She would say, I love the mountains because they make me feel small. Mm. And as as an eight-year-old boy growing up, I didn't understand that. I wanted to be bigger. You know, I wanted to grow up and be stronger and bigger. And I saw those mountains and I thought, hey, I'm going to climb that mountain. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get myself all the way to the top of it. I didn't really understand the value of being made to feel smaller until many, many years later. And then I finally have, in living my life, come to appreciate and understand that what my mother was talking about was related to humility, was the value of, of acknowledging something greater than yourself, acknowledging that, that I'm not the center of the universe, that it's not all about me. And that can be an extremely valuable tool to live with, is to, to acknowledge that uh, and to live with that understanding. So I thought today that we would each kind of take turns bragging about how much humility we each have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> I 
love that story. That is a beautiful story about your mother. It made me think about my own lovely mother. And so we we both have mothers who grew up in the South. My mother from a small town in South Arkansas called Hampton. And it's really interesting as a little bitty town and out of that little bitty town, there's people who are Grammy-winning songwriters, award-winning filmmakers. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of something in the water. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the Mississippi Delta is the home of the blues. You know, right. That's where it came from. Exactly. And so it's really, you know, you think a small place, but big things grow from there. And yes. when I think about my mother's ideas of humility, she was a very graceful, very gracious woman. And my father was this larger than life character. And she never seemed in his shadow because he was just a a great advocate of women. And so she was always right at his side. And he taught her how to be a leader in her own right. But she was more of an introverted artist. And So I know over the years, she talked about her understanding of humility and feeling like in her younger life that that was something that you had to downplay yourself, so to speak. And especially so I'm thinking of women from the era of our mothers and also from the South, right? Right. And this goes back before our mothers. My mother wasn't raised this way, but many women were that, you know, kind of like children there to be seen and not heard, right? Um, And so that was passed down in certain ways, especially through the South, uh, that that's a way of showing your humility. And I think my mother learned over time that that's not the same thing as humility at all. Yeah, that kind of gets me thinking. There are different expressions of humility. Absolutely. There is there's the external expression which is a lot of times not necessarily authentic. You know, you may be acting very meek on the outside, but you might be seething and planning and plotting Absolutely. on the inside, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And so that is uh certainly one I guess I would say a false expression of humility. Mm -hmm. When I think of humility, I think of it as a perspective, as an attitude, as a way of looking at situations and looking at life. And, And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're being meek and not speaking up for yourself. It means that your, your worldview is not centered around your own ego. Mm hmm. And I think there's a lot of very outspoken people who can, who are also, I would consider, to be very humble people. Yes. Because they acknowledge that even though they're offering their thoughts and their perspectives, they're not assuming that everybody lives or dies based on those thoughts and perspectives. Mm-hmm. There's this uh, really great book that I read many years ago, and somehow when we were about to start this conversation, it just came uh, to the forefront of my consciousness. So I figure, boy, that means there's probably some meat there that people can use. It's called Brain Styles, and it's written by a woman, I believe, in Dallas, Marlene Miller, and 
Oh gosh, like I said, I read this so many years ago, but it was very, very enlightening for me because in my family, my mother being a more introverted artist and my father being, I call him like the most social person in the world <laughs> when, <laughs> when, he was, when he was alive. I mean, he was like the ultimate extrovert. <laughs> and so I'm a real blend of them personality wise, but probably more like my dad, uh, very open and sometimes outspoken, but always willing to share my voice. And sometimes that can be seen by other people as are especially more introverted people as being cocky or being overly bold and that kind of thing. And then going forward from reading brain styles, taking the Myers-Briggs test, which I know a lot of people are very familiar with. But when we talk about Myers-Briggs, it's um, it's difficult to wrangle because it's such a, a broad uh, description and system. But there's all these cool systems that break it down and make it easy. Like I took a course called Colors one time, and that's just one of the systems that breaks that down. And so I being an orange person, from their perspective, that is a right brain extroverted person. And then the gold person is more of a left brain extrovert. And then blue as a right brain introvert and green as a left brain introvert. And let me just also say, we all have all of those colors. It's just that one is going to be more prominent in the way that we think and express ourselves. So a lot of times those more introverted brain styles will see extroverted brain styles or ways of expressing as being overly bold sometimes. And so going to what you were saying about some very charismatic and well-spoken and outspoken people, they can still be very humble. And what I learned from this for my own self is that shutting down your own voice and your own ability to create and to express yourself is not a way of being humble. In fact, it's the opposite. And so what you had talked about, about that inner self, when I look at what brings me humility, it is knowing that I am serving God serving something higher than myself, and I humble myself before that greater power so that it can flow through me. So externally, it may not look like humility, but internally it is. Right. Yeah. And if you take, just take for a moment, just take your relationships, your communication with other people out of the picture, and you think about, well, how do I perceive the world. And I think from that context, humility gets you closer to reality. Mm -hmm. Because you can be very ambitious, and that's great to be ambitious, to dream big dreams and set big goals and then do them, you know, put forth the, the big efforts that are going to make those goals happen. But the thing is, a lot of times you can be so full of yourself and so enthusiastic about what you're doing, that you overestimate what you're able to do. Mm -hmm. And with a perspective of humility, I think it, it gives you a more realistic picture. And that's not meant to hold you back, 
but it's meant to prepare you better and to make sure that you're aware of what the challenges are and make sure that you can address those challenges and that you're not fantasizing that you're some sort of super power, a <laughs> superhero <laughs> that can just will things into being. I mean, there is certain, certainly a degree of that. Your, your willpower is very strong and it can, it can energize your actions and your thoughts and your words. And that can indeed make things happen. But just because you want something to be is not going to make it appear out of nowhere. And so humility is a kind of acknowledgement of that, I think. Yeah. That, that you're, not, you're not in charge of the universe. <laughs> you're not <laughs> the guy behind the scenes pulling all the levers. You know a little bit about how things work based on your experience. And you can make good use of that. But if you, if you think that you're all powerful, you're going to be very disappointed. And you're going to waste a lot of time and effort attempting things that are not going to work out. I loved when you were talking about your eight-year-old self. And, you know, it's like, I'm going to climb that mountain. I'm going to get on top of that mountain. And that's how we are as children. We see those grand goals. And that's what we're shooting for, as it should be. And then, of course, life gives us lessons all along the way. And if we use those lessons well, then we learn humility through those lessons. Um, some of them are very, very painful. And some of them can feel like you've just been on top of that mountain and been knocked off of it by a giant. And now you're rolling down to the bottom and everyone is watching you, right? Yeah. And- <laughs> That Yeah, that is painful to contemplate. And that would be humiliating. <laughs> right, right. And I think it's interesting what you're saying is that humility, I think, does is something that you do learn through living your life. You know, we've got a two-year-old grandson, and he is anything but humble. You know, he's, <laughs> he's ready to take on the whole world, and that's great. You have to be that way when you're young yes. in order to develop your strengths and skills and and to move forward. But you also, you get into, say, you get into your teenage years and you are paralyzed by the prospect of being humiliated. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things you would not even attempt. Well, like a young teenage boy would be terrified of calling a girl for a date because maybe she, she might say no, and then she might tell her friends. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not much of a thing anymore, dating. <laughs> right. I'm using a reference from, from the old days, I suppose. But uh, it, it is learned through experience. And the thing about humiliation, it's horribly painful. In fact, I... I I suppose people fear humiliation more than death in many Probably. cases. Mm-hmm. And it's very painful, but that pain makes it powerful. It mm-hmm. teaches you that you can get through that. You can be humiliated and walk out on stage naked mm-hmm. and <laughs> something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And the next day you get up and live your life and things go on. Yeah. And you can... You can continue even after the most humiliating thing you can imagine. Not that you want to seek out humiliation, but maybe after experiencing it and knowing that 
that you can get through it, that gives you the confidence to try things you might not have otherwise done. Mm-hmm. Well, if you will go through it, then you're going to have a new perspective on what actually took place and come out different than you were before. Because, you know, talking about teenagers, what is so difficult, and I really, really shouldn't even say this is just teenagers, because unfortunately, suicide is at such a level that is unfathomable to me in our world today. And with teenagers, so often, that feeling of being humiliated, they just don't have the right tools to get through it, to get through it to the other side. And the world becomes so awful and so crushing in on them. And unfortunately, I know a young woman who just appeared all outer appearances to be to have everything, to be on top of the world, and recently went to her memorial service, and she had taken her life. And Mm. it's just, uh, like I said, unfathomable is really the only word that I can think of when you see that beautiful life that's been snuffed out. And so often, I think that it has to do with the feelings of being humiliated and not knowing how to walk through that very deep and dark valley to get on the other side and to utilize those lessons as you're talking about. Because on the other side of it, you can be thankful for some of those things that happened. Um, They can be Mm life-changing. That's a sad story. It's, uh, I I think it, it emphasizes the the importance of good parenting, obviously. Oh yes. Of providing children with with a safe place in which to to strike out into the world and mm-hmm. a safe place to come home to and to know that that they are accepted and loved no matter what. Exactly. And I think there's you know unfortunately too little of that in the world today, and there's mm-hmm. it's been it's been replaced to some degree with very unrealistic expectations that appeal to the ego. Of course, all the social media stuff, and we've talked about this, mm-hmm. uh, that all appeals to the ego. That's yes. strictly a domain of the ego. And there's no humility to be had. If if you're posting your thoughts online, it's pretty much impossible to to evince any humility. It's yeah, it's difficult. There's a fine line. And I don't know that anybody really knows exactly how to do it. Because I know I struggle with this myself from time to time. When I want to share something, I want to share a story that can be very valuable and helpful to someone else. But perspective is everything. That same story can be seen as Oh, look, she's bragging about herself you know and this kind of goes back to that brain style thing i i have to kind of work on it and say to myself but this is my personality this is my brain style this is my way of expressing and so i have to forego the thoughts and feelings that someone may see that as braggadocio you know and to come into the meat of the story, which is a sharing that is intended to help someone else. 
my my feeling when I'm sharing something wonderful that's happened for me is to help lift up others and to show them not only what's possible, but to show them the light at the end of a tunnel. Because if you miss some of the other parts of my story, there are some deep valleys there. And you don't want to just share the deep valleys. You want to be able to say, look at all the light that's around me now, though I just walked through this deep, dark valley. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. (laughs) Uh, it, It is a fine line. You want to celebrate the good things that happen in life, but you don't want to be seen as as trying to prove that you're better than other people. And by the same token, it's it's good to to be inspired by people who who are successful, who've been able to overcome difficulties. Mm-hmm. And that's really my intent with the work that I do is to spread joy and to lift people up to help them be the best that they can be, because that's what I see in people. Uh, I tend to see people in their best light and often have to be really convinced as opposed to, well, I guess I look at it as you're innocent until you're proven guilty kind of thing. <laughs> right. And so the, the hard thing about social media is that I had a woman say to me one day, she said, I love all of your posts and I love all the things that you share. And it's inspiring to me. She said, but you know, my life is just not like that. And I wish you would share some things about the difficulties. And I said, well, you probably need to go back and look at a longer thread uh, because I'm thinking maybe she only saw a couple of things. And I think that's one of the difficulties is that you can't know everything about a person in these, especially now, these uh, 30-second, if that long, snippets that people Uh, are looking at digesting so many things. And so you see all of these, oh, look how great, great, great this is. But if you really want to do your homework, and you really want to develop yourself to do real personal development, then I think you have to choose things more wisely than just digesting little bits here and there because you're not getting a clear picture. But choose leaders and choose, uh, and by leaders, I mean that can be in your own household. It can be a sibling or a parent, or it can be a teacher, a friend, or it can be a leader that's really well known. But take the time to see what they're really putting out so that you can hopefully see the thread that's there of you know, traveling through some of those darker places. Because ultimately, I don't ever want to always share the story of my difficulties all the time so that it's, you know, so that in the same uh, story that it's always coupled with this was difficult and now it's better. You can't really do that. And I don't want to just hold on to that, to those difficult stories every day. I want to continue to lift myself up, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you can't, it's impossible to know how people will take what you say and what you do, how they will internalize it, how they will interpret it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is one benefit of, of living with a perspective of humility is not having to worry about that as much. I mean, certainly you want to, 
do everything you can to be authentic and to convey to convey to other people useful information and experiences but you don't know how they're going to take what you say and there's no way you can know and there's no way you can control that and so i don't think it's really that useful to overthink it i think what the the power that humility gives you is the ability not to be too concerned about that. Yeah, like you can actually laugh about it. Yeah, you. I mean, it takes it to another level. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to be, you, you, you basically give your best, right? Yes, yes. You give your best in a spirit of humility. And if you're helping that person, that's all well and good. If you're not helping that person, that's fine too. Mm-hmm, right. And, you know, I mean, part of part of uh, an egotistical approach is thinking that you can save the world right. and that you can you can <laughs> fix everybody that you come into contact with. And I think humility saves you from that. It and does. It just allows you to kind of back up and think, well, I don't know how this person is going to take this. But what I do know is this was this is what works for me. And this is the best that I have to give. And so that's what I'm going to give. And I'm not not going to worry about it past that point. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that comes down to really loving yourself. And it's funny, just a few nights ago, I had a song that just started percolating that I've been working on. And it has to do with loving myself. And it really kind of goes to the heart of this, that if we love ourselves, like truly love ourselves, and as you've been saying, it's the different, there's a difference between that and vanity or ego, because truly loving myself comes from the knowledge that something greater lives through me. So for me, that's God, that God lives through me and expresses through me and my particular personality, just as that same energy does through you and through everyone. But when you're aware of it, then you love yourself, this this entity that is an expression of something higher. And for me, then Again, you're humbling yourself before that, and then you can stand more forthrightly in the face of all the challenges and people who may see you uh, as being more vain. You can just know within yourself that those arrows that are coming externally have nothing to do with who you are and what you're actually doing, and you can stay on course. And then you can also come to a place of of laughing about that and just recognizing that that someone else just doesn't know and that it's okay. Well, I'm glad you said that about loving yourself because that is key. It is a key part of humility. Mm-hmm. When you think of the the opposite. Uh, a, a very egotistical person. Egotism is, is I think, a form of self-loathing. Mm-hmm. When, when someone's not confident in themselves and in their place in life and abilities, that uh, expresses itself as an egotistical behavior. Yes. So, yeah, self-love and love of others, I think, leads you into into a sense of humility. 
that can uh, be very peaceful, can give you confidence, can free you from the burden of always having to prove that you're right, e- even from having to prove that you care or having to prove how capable you are. You can be all those things. You can care deeply and have great skills and capabilities, but you don't need them. You're not, your identity is not tied up in those things. Frees you up for more joy. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, I just thought of a funny story, <laughs> a good example of using laughter that just lifts you out of a humiliating, a potentially, let's call it, humiliating situation. I I just had this flash come into my head of being on stage one time and my pants ripped all the way down from the waist all the way to crotch. Okay. Oh so goodness. it's a complete rip, right? And, <laughs> and so, and so here I am and I'm like, well, I, I felt it happen and I thought, okay, so definitely can't turn around. And I thought, now when I go off stage, now how am I going to do? So that was kind of in my mind. And at one point I glanced over my shoulder and the drummer just has this huge grin on his face. (laughs) When I talked to him later, he was like, that was like the best gig ever. (laughs) And and talk about, I was just kind of mortified, you know, and then I just had to start laughing about it because what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do about that. And you can either ruminate over how humiliating that was, or can you can turn it into something say, well, it doesn't have to be humiliating. It's potentially humiliating, but only if I allow it to be right. It couldn't be helped just was a thing. (laughs) And you can just own it and make it into a great story (laughs) about yourself. I'll have to make sure he listens to this podcast because he will (laughs) love it. Right. I think a lot of times, I think that's right. The things that that you're terrified of, when you're terrified of being humiliated, those things actually could make you a more interesting person. Oh, that's could a good point. make you more memorable to people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty memorable in that way. <laughs> I remember at, at our daughter's wedding about five years ago, there was a guest who was, uh, we had a dance afterwards, after the ceremony and dinner. And everybody was just having a great time dancing and doing all sorts of stuff. And this one guy bent over and sure enough, just ripped his pants. <laughs> but, you know, he owned it. He, 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 he laughed about it. And then years later, uh, when, when I saw him at our grandson's birthday party, he came up to me and he said, uh, good to see you again. You remember me? I'm the guy who ripped his pants. <laughs> And sure enough, I did remember him. You're like, yep, I was, know you. It was a good memory and a fun memory. and it, That's funny. You know, it captured the, the spirit of the event. Yeah, exactly. I think that's just a great way to approach all of the different things that happen to us in life. And obviously, we can't make light of there. There are some things that for people are, are just ugly and publicly humiliating. And that's something yeah. different. You know, that, that's something different. But at the same time, that's something where a lot of lessons can be learned. A lot of lessons need to be learned. Uh, right. It's with- an opportunity to become stronger. <laughs> Absolutely. And to do exactly what you talked about before, to recognize that you are not the king of the universe. (laughs) 
Well, we would like to humbly ask that if you enjoyed this podcast, if you would go on iTunes and give us a positive review, that would be great. Enable some other people to find out about Deeper Connections. When you need a break, a word of encouragement, a spark of creative juice and inspiration for mastering the challenges of life, work, and relationships. You'll find it in the Experience Excellence audio series from Connections University. You can download it right now through the link at deeperconnectionspodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to the show at deeperconnectionspodcast.com so you'll automatically get the latest episode as soon as it's available. You'll find options for iTunes and other platforms. You'll also find links to the music in this podcast, written and performed by Local Honey. I'm Ralph Marston. And I'm Kimberly Kane. Thanks for taking the journey with us. Be courageous in all of your connections. Go deeper. Your life will be richer for it. This is Deeper Connections. Learn more. Be more at deeperconnectionspodcast.com.